Welcome to Media Nouveau, a podcast series exploring new media, old media, and the murky area in between. We're students in David Morgan's new media writing class at Emory University. Throughout the semester, we will discuss and question different facets of the ever-changing media landscape, examining the ways in which we interact with and shape media. Each episode will explore a publication so that the series as a whole will articulate our own definition of these genres. episode of Media Nouveau. In this episode, Mackenzie and I will together introduce and analyze a Chinese social network, Renren, the Facebook of China. Founded in 2005 by students from Tsinghua University, the top one university in China, and Tianjin University, in its beginning stage, Renren resembled Facebook before it left Harvard University base more than Facebook now. Renren went viral in around 2008 and ranked the second of Chinese stocks listed in the U.S. and the company with the third largest internet market value in China in 2011. With the ambition to beat Facebook to become the top social network service in the world, Renren, however, quickly declined as it attempted to transform to a more open and inclusive website like Facebook. Not only did it fail to surpass the achievement of Facebook, but also it was not able to sustain its success and popularity as Facebook does. Up to March 27, 2015, the market value of Renren ranked nearly 80%. By analyzing the mechanism of Renren, its functional system, and its transformation, we intend to discuss how Renren became successful with its original operational mechanism and why it declined with its gradual and failed transformation. So, Ray, you've introduced Renren a little bit. Sorry for my pronunciation there, folks. I do not speak Chinese, but I'm trying my best. Um, so, can you kind of go more in depth and tell me what exactly is Renren? Okay. Renren is very much like Facebook, a social network website where people can make friends, communicate, post their everyday life, and forward others' posts. When it was first developed by college students, it was meant to be a social network platform tailored for college students only. It was not called renren.com at the beginning. Instead, it's called xiaonei.com, which means on campus in Chinese. With a specific target group of college students, Renren functioned under a real name system that not only ensured that its users were mostly college students, but also made it unique and pioneer of all of the social website, uh, social network services at the time. So you've mentioned a real name system. Can you tell me a little bit about how that functions? Real name system usually refers to a system in which when users want to create accounts on a website, they, they need to provide identification credentials, including their real names. Renren asks something more than real names. It requires users to provide their .edu email addresses or college IP addresses so that to the largest extent, it could ensure that most of the users were college students. 
but this real name system was not used anymore after the transformation of Renren. So, Ray, what happened to Renren? Here's what happened. In 2006, the original Xiaonei.com was sold to Beijing-based Oak Pacific Interactive Group. From then, the website formally changed its name to Renren, which means everyone. You can tell from the change of website title that Renren's owner was trying to extend it to a large group of people. Now, you don't need a college email address or IP address to get a Renren account. You don't even have to use your real name or pictures. No limit, no barrier. Just like the path Facebook has been working through, Renren tried to transform its orientation from college student only to everyone accessible. Such transformation had been proved successful in the case of Facebook, and Renren hoped it would bring the website a new life and exponential growth of users, by which it would get a chance to beat Facebook and become the number one social network service in the world. However, unlike Facebook, which succeeded in its opening up to a broader users, Renren declined quickly after its transformation, although using the same strategy with Facebook. So it sounds like Renren was doing all of the same things Facebook was doing, and Facebook, you know, is wildly successful, has millions upon millions of users. Um, Renren did not end up that way. What did Renren do wrong? That's the point. What are the things that Renren did wrong? So Renren's attempt to extend beyond students was not wrong and probably a necessary way to go when it faced the burgeoning of other similar social networks in China. But what exactly resulted in the failure of Renren's rebranding? I guess one of the things is about its friend limit. Facebook used to set the friend limit up to 5,000, but this limit was lifted later. Guess how much the friend limit for Renren is? It's only 1,000 friends capacity for a non-VIP user and 2,000 for a VIP user. That's really interesting. Um, I definitely have more than 1,000 friends and would not want to pay um, to be a VIP user to have more than that capacity. Uh, you know, Facebook and Renren are both really good examples of participatory culture and sort of creating our own entertainment through our lives. But Facebook is free and Renren is sort of play to or pay to participate, uh, which I think is its undoing. That's correct. This friend limit and paying for VIP membership for more friends' capacity absolutely discouraged a lot of people from participating. But this could only be counted as a small portion of the reason why it declined. Another reason is about the change of constitution of social circle after its opening up. The opening up of Renren means that people from different fields doing different jobs with different ages all swarm into this platform now. Along with the increased diversity of user groups, there's also uncomplicated social relationships. The web with by Renren has become larger, and therefore its communication effects and spreadability became stronger. But this is not necessarily a benefit in concern of the liberty of content creation. The spreadability, the potential of users to share contents for their own purposes, sometimes might be without permissions and against rights holders' wishes. 
say if I post a selfie on Renren, the only people I want them to see are my friends. I don't want a friend of mine repost the photo to a stranger and judge it. That stranger might send the photo to another and go on and on. But this could very possibly happen after Renren extends its users and basically allows everyone to use it. It's not a safe space anymore where students could interact only with other college students. And the increasing and diverse users resulted in the less offensive contents created. When we are facing numerous strangers who can see our selfies, read our posts, and see our comments, we don't know whether one of their selfies will be shared or mocked. We don't know if our comments will offend somebody who we don't expect him or her to see. Every time when we are trying to post something, we have to hesitate for seconds. But should we? If posting our lives, our thoughts, and our pictures on Renren has become a burden, why should we keep doing it? The answer is no. We can't stand it, and therefore we switch to other social media. So, what newer social media platforms、uh, did people switch to? The most popular two are Xinlang Weibo and WeChat. The release of Xinlang Weibo in 2009 and WeChat in 2011 brought Renren unprecedented competition crisis. Xinlang Weibo is a Chinese microblogging website, very much like Twitter. The basic functions include message, private message, comments, and repost. Most Weibo users create accounts for following stars or internet celebrities rather than posting their own lives. WeChat is a Chinese social media mobile application software by which you can send text message, hold-to-talk voice message, share pictures and videos, and even pay for a meal by its digital wallet service. Though the social circle on WeChat is smaller compared to on Renren, since people only add those who they knew and actively contact as friends on WeChat, WeChat to a certain degree provides its users with a safer niche where they worry less about what they post. The appearance of Weibo and WeChat absolutely brought severe challenges to Renren. If people want to see social hot topics. News about their idols or celebrities, they go to Weibo. If they want to contact friends or post things, they use WeChat. In this sense, if no one is willing to post and therefore there's nothing to be reposted, Renren lost its spreadability. As Henry Jackson said, "If it doesn't spread, it's dead." So, what are our final conclusions about Renren from、uh, the new media perspective we've talked about over this episode? Well, although in the beginning that I called Renren the Facebook of China, such name is not accurate at all. From my perspective, Renren is a copycat of Facebook. Neither successfully copied the essence of Facebook operation, nor achieved the long-standing popularity in China as Facebook has done in the U.S. None of its functionality and reputation can make it deserve the honorable name of Facebook of China. However, it is pitiful that Renren was the largest social networking site in China and was placed great expectation on to become the Facebook of China. Also, the memories of use for countless users has been gradually stepping down from stage. But as the saying goes. 
A starving camel is still bigger than a horse. For all kinds of internet companies like Renren, Renren still counts as a very successful one. All right, Ray. Thank you so much for introducing both me and our listeners to Renren and how it functions as a piece of new media in Chinese culture. You are welcome, Mackenzie. And I would also like to thank to my、uh, line producer Cindy Feng, and thank you for listening this episode of Media Nouveau. Thank、you